to the scene. It's Friday night. The disciples have just seen their friend of three years, Jesus, crucified. The bravest and most outspoken one of all the disciples was Peter. Literally, his name was Rocky, the one who would always be there, the one who was unshakable, the one who was strong. He had denied Jesus three times to to his face, pretty much. The rest have just melted away. They are devastated because their friend has been killed. He is dead. He's gone. They are confused because they thought they knew who he was. They thought he was the Messiah. But how can he be the Messiah if he's dead? He's failed us. We thought he was the real deal. We bought into all his thinking, all his teaching, and now he was just a fraud. They're terrified because everybody knew them. Everybody knew they were uh, following Jesus. And so they thought if that happened to him, they're coming for us next. These disciples are crushed. They are hopeless. They are helpless. Where do they turn? But then fast forward 40 days. These same men are now standing in front of the same people that killed Jesus. They are full of joy. They are full of confidence. They are full of uh, glorious news about Jesus. And they are telling people about him. Church history shows that all of the disciples, uh, except for one, were killed because they believed in Jesus and preached him. They were all willing to go to die for him and their witness was the bedrock to christianity which turned the world upside down what made the difference what took this cowering group of um of of disciples and turned them and made them into people willing to stand up and give their lives for jesus what made the difference the difference was the resurrection The difference was that Jesus came back to life. Good Friday wasn't the end. The grave was empty. He appeared to his disciples and they were transformed. They were never the same again. The resurrection is such a crucial part of Christianity. Remember, we're looking at the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed sums up the Christian faith in these 12 statements. And we've looked that God, we believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ. Who is he? He's the Son, the only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. And then today we're looking at the third day. He rose again from the dead. If we grasp what these words mean, it can transform our hearts and lives. Maybe this morning as a believer, you've taken your eyes off the resurrection. You've stopped thinking about it. Well, my prayer is as we gaze on this scene, as we think again about what it means that Jesus rose again, it will give us hope in those dark times and it will give us help when we feel helpless. It will give us a confidence in our Saviour. Maybe you're not a Christian here, 
and you're thinking, well, how can you really believe that somebody died and rose again? Really now, in the 21st century, how can you believe that? Well, it isn't just an idea, the thinking of, well, um, don't ask tricky questions. Not at all. There are good answers to the questions you have about the resurrection. And if that is you, and you've got these doubts and these questions, please ask later. I've got some books that can help. They're short books that just explain some of the arguments that have convinced people time and time again over the years that this is true. Even in this passage that we're looking at, there's a, a little thought that can help us to get it in our heads. You see, as I said earlier, 1 Corinthians was written, one of the earliest letters in the New Testament was written about 15 to 20 years after Jesus died. And it's um, really hard to invent something after 15 or 20 years, isn't it? Because it tells us here, Paul tells us, that um, he appeared to the disciples. He appeared to Peter, then to the twelve. Then, verse 6, it tells us that he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Most of them are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. What's Paul doing there? He's saying Jesus didn't just appear in people's minds. He didn't just appear because the disciples really wanted him to appear. No. He appeared to 500 people, and most of them are still alive. Why is he saying that? He's saying because you can go and ask them. 15 to 20 years is a short period. So let's imagine in 2006, we decide this morning, let's make up a story of something that happened in my stake, okay? Let's make up something. In 2006, um, during the Christmas parade, somebody took off and flied across the parade, and then they shot up into the sky, came back down, and it was amazing. Now, do you think we could start a story like that? No, why not? Because most people who were there that day are still alive. And they could say, no, it didn't happen. <laughs> you can go and find out. Because it's the kind of thing, if somebody did that, that would stick in your mind. It's not a small thing. If somebody rises from the dead, you know that would stick in your mind. You would not miss that. You would not forget that. So Paul is saying 500 people saw him. Go and ask them. We're not making this up. 15, 20 years is not a long time in, uh, in the grand scheme of things here. There's lots of little arguments and thoughts like that that can help us to understand and believe this. So if you're doubting and if you think, I can't believe this, please see me. I'd love to get a book to you uh, that could help you with that. But also this morning as we come to look at this, we need to realise that the resurrection of Jesus confronts us. It really does put us and backs us into a corner. Because normally if you think about how you decide about ideas and thoughts, how would you decide about ideas and thoughts about life? Mostly you'd say, well, do I like this? Do I agree with this? Does this sit comfortably with me, this thinking? If it does, uh, I can buy into it. But the resurrection of Jesus doesn't let us do that. You might think, there's parts of the Bible I don't like or I don't agree with. Well, that's fine. But the fact is this, that does not change the historic fact whether Jesus rose again. If he rose again, what he said is true. What the Bible says is true. And however we feel about it, However it sits with us, it doesn't matter, because Jesus rose again. That is what is, uh, we are claiming is historically true. Now, there's lots more things you could say with that, but for today, if you're not a Christian and you're watching or you're listening to this, please, let me, for today, just try this on. Okay, try Christianity on. See what it would look like if the resurrection is true. Because I want us to look at four reasons why the resurrection is so important. 
There's more than this, but we're going to be touching on some of the other things next week and the week after. So uh, I don't want to go too much into that, but four reasons for us this morning why the resurrection is so important. These are the reasons. It answers an important question. It deals with a deep problem. It conquers our deepest fear and it meets a crucial need. So we'll look at those in turn. First of all, the resurrection answers an important question. We ask loads of questions in our life. On average, an adult apparently asks six questions a day. A child asks 125, but if it's a two or three-year-old, that can go up to about 300. Uh, amazing, isn't it? And that is true if you've ever spent time with a child under the age of four, you will know it is non-stop. Why, 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 why? We ask questions all the time. But the most important question I think you could ever ask is this, who is Jesus Christ? Who is he? Who is this person who lived on this earth 2,000 years ago? Because the resurrection decisively confirms that who he is, is who he said he was. Verse 14, let's look at that passage that we read earlier. Verse 14 of chapter 15 of Corinthians. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. And verse 17, did you see it? If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. If uh, Jesus did not rise from the dead, the whole of Christianity is pointless. It falls flat. So the whole of Christianity rests on one man, Jesus Christ, on who he said he was, and really it comes down to one event, the resurrection. If that happened, then everything he said about himself was true. See, Jesus kept telling people uh, that he was going to die and rise again. People, he, he said this to people, even though many might not have heard it, like the disciples might not have understood what he meant, he kept saying it. And so much so that those who wanted him dead had heard that. Matthew 27, said that, said, he says this, The next day, that is, the day after preparation, after Jesus has died, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he's risen from the dead. And last, that last fraud will be worse than the first. You see, they knew what he'd said, and so they said, we've got to make allowances for that. We've got to go and um, stop it happening or stop the grave being, um, Jesus' body being stolen. Jesus had said this about himself. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. I've got the power over death. So if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, he was a fraud and a liar. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, um, he we just we should ignore him imagine for a moment somebody came on tv a doctor and said i've got a pill that if we take you don't need any more booster jabs you don't need anything any other jabs at all you will never get covid again in your life and i can eradicate covid from this world with just one tablet what would we think we think brilliant but saying it isn't enough isn't it talk is easy what would need to happen need to prove it we need to see that in action. We need to see it working. We need to see the results. We need to see something. You can't just say it. You need to do it. You need to back it up. Jesus said he had power over death. And when he rose again, it was confirming what I said is true. Not only does Jesus' death tell us what he said about himself was true, it also tells us something else. In Romans 1, it tells us this. Concerning his son, who is descended from, the, from David according to the flesh, 
was declared to be the Son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. God the Father was declaring to the world when Jesus rose again, this is my son. That was what the resurrection was doing. It was declaring to the world, this is my son. Showing us that everything we've read about God and who he is, is true because Jesus rose again. Now, if you're a Christian this morning, maybe you've been drifting, doubting, struggling, if you're a Christian, you have been doing one of those things, if not all of them, even in the past few days. Can I encourage you this morning, look at the resurrection. Behold the risen Saviour. It really happened. It really confirms who he is and what we believe. It shows us all of the promises of God are true. Everything God said in the Old Testament is fulfilled there in Christ. He is the yes and amen of the promises of God. Be encouraged. Find, put your feet this morning on the firm ground of the resurrection of Jesus. And if you're not a Christian, have you got an answer to that big question? Who is Jesus? What's your answer? And don't sit on the fence. You can't. He doesn't allow you to. Listen to what Bono, the lead singer of U2, said. Jesus went around saying he was the Messiah. That's why he was crucified. He was crucified because he said he was the son of God. So he either, in my view, was the son of God or he was nuts. I mean, Charlie Manson type delirium. And I find it hard to accept that whole millions and millions of lives for 2000 years have been touched, have felt their lives touched by and inspired by some nutter. I just don't believe it. You see, he realized, hang on, this person isn't somebody you can just fob off. He's changed lives. Who is Jesus? The resurrection answers an important question. Secondly, the resurrection deals with a deep problem. Let's look at verse 17 of chapter 15. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. What is Paul saying there? He's saying if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, you can't be forgiven for the wrong you've done. See, Jesus' death on the cross wasn't a matter of him being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It wasn't a, a bad series of events. No, he went there to accomplish something. It was his hour, his time. And Jesus went there, as we looked at last week, as a substitute in our place. So on the cross, Jesus was taking the consequences of our sin and our failure. He was taking our punishment. He was taking the consequences of our rebellion against God. He was taking our death. So if the resurrection didn't happen, our sin has not been dealt with. If someone's found guilty of a crime and they have to pay the price for that wrong, which they do in the justice system, one of the things they do is they would be sent to jail. And all the time they are in prison, they are paying the price for the wrong they've done. Yeah, so they are, uh, they've found to be, be found guilty and they are in prison because they're paying the price for the wrong they've done. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, he is still paying the price for the wrong that we've done. Our forgiveness isn't guaranteed. Our punishment hasn't been paid. Jesus says, I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, I have come to be a sacrifice, to give my life as, as a sacrifice. How do we know if it's true? 
How do we know if it worked? How do we know if our sin is being dealt with and paid for? Well, just like a prisoner would walk through free from prison because they've, they've uh, paid their price, they've spent their time, Jesus walking out of the grave was him saying, I've paid for your sin. It's dealt with, it is done. Romans 4 says, it will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead our Lord, and who was delivered up for our trespasses, and raised for our justification. Because Jesus was raised again, we are justified. That is, we are made righteous in God's sight. The punishment we deserve for sin is death. Jesus came as the innocent one. He didn't have to pay for his own sin, so instead he paid for our words. And he died in our place and rose again, showing that the price has been paid. Now, I think I use this illustration every other Easter, but please forgive me for using it again. When you go into Tesco or Aldi or Asda, whatever you shop, many shops available, um, and you've forgotten your bags, you know, and they think, oh, they're in the car, or I left them at home. And, but you're like me, you're a bit tight and you don't want to pay for a bag and you've got a bit too much for, for carrying, you still try and balance it out, and you're walking out, and imagine if a security guard says, hold on, have you paid for those items? How do you prove that you've paid for them? You show your receipt. This shows that my items have been paid for, and even though I should have bought a bag, which I regret now, I have paid for these items and I'm taking them out. Jesus, risen from the dead, is our receipt for our sin uh, to be forgiven that their sin has been paid for. So do you see what that means? It deals with a deep problem. If you are feeling guilty today, if you are feeling shame today, look at the risen Jesus. As he walks from the grave, your sin has been paid for, been dealt with once and for all. And here's the glorious thought, isn't it? When he rose from the dead, how many of your sins were in the future? All of them. Which means, how many of them are paid for? Every single one. You hadn't even committed one yet, and they'd all been dealt with and paid for. So all of your sins are, are, are forgiven. Yes, even that one that you think, oh, not that. Even that, he can forgive. So there is freedom, there is joy, there is uh, forgiveness in Christ because of the resurrection of Jesus. So again, Christian this morning, if you're feeling guilty, if you're feeling shame, if you're feeling weighed down, look at the resurrection. See there the receipt for your sins. He's paid it in full. You are justified, you are forgiven, and you are declared righteous today by Jesus Christ. If you're not a Christian today and you think, I don't know, am I a Christian? Am I trusting? you can know this forgiveness. Maybe your life is just uh, one cloud of guilt and you just are aware of things you've said, things you've done, people you've hurt, and there it is, just follows you around. Today you can know forgiveness. Today you can know a fresh start with God because Jesus rose again. Your sins can be nailed to the cross with him and left there because he rose from the dead because he's paid in full. Turn to him today. You won't turn anyone away. The resurrection answers an important question. It deals with a deep problem. Thirdly, it conquers our biggest fear. It conquers our biggest fear. You've heard the phrase, an elephant in the room. Have you heard that phrase, an elephant in the room? The idea is there's something in the room that everybody knows about, 
but nobody's talking about. Now, that's, I think, what the meaning of that phrase is. Well, there's an elephant in the room in our culture. There is something that a third of us think about at least once a week, but 77% of us find it really hard to talk about. So much so that we've got another name for it, and we don't really try to mention the name. What is it? It's death. It's the ultimate statistic. We try and ignore it. We try and push it aside. We try and call it passed on or passed away. We don't even want to say the word death or died. And our culture is trying to ignore this elephant in the room. You know, early Christians were apparently so radical and different with um, how they dealt with death because of the resurrections we'll get on to. So it was quite something for them to have um, to have a, in a funeral service, or what was equivalent to a funeral service, they would have the bodies there in the room with them. And the, the people looking on would go, what are you doing? That's horrible, it's disgusting. But they knew this wasn't the end. That's why it was there. And people looking on going, what, what are you doing? But they knew there was more to life because of the resurrection. See, today we are, we are in our culture, ignoring death, pushing it to the side, even though we all are facing it. And most of our fears can be boiled down to death. The things that we're most scared of are ultimately because they could lead to death. Hebrews 2, we looked at a few weeks ago in our prayer meeting, and it tells us that we are slaves to death. We all are. It kind of is a shadow that follows us around and we're not aware of it. It's there all the time. And most of the things we do are just a distraction from that. We're slaves to it. And so, if you jump to the end of 1 Corinthians 15, which we didn't read, but we see Paul there, he seems to be quoting an early hymn, and he says, death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection takes away the sting, we thought about last week, the sting of death, the power of death, and Jesus has conquered it. He has beaten it. And that's why verse 18 tells us this. If Jesus hasn't risen from the dead, then all those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. See, there's no hope for people who died if Jesus didn't rise again. But if he has risen again, there is hope. This is what the comedian Eddie Izzard says about a very staunch atheist when he said this, I have a very strong sense that we are only on this planet for a short length of time, and that is only growing. Religious people might think it goes on after death. My feeling that is, if that was the case, it'd be nice if just one person came back and let us know it was all fine, all confirmed. Of all the billions of people who've died, if just one of them could come through the clouds and say, you know, it's okay. Isn't it sad to know that there is a simple answer to his problem? Jesus did come back, and he wants to say, if we put our hand in his, it's okay. He's been there. It's a bit silly to say, but imagine that you thought, that the, or you convinced that the moon was made of cheese. Okay, you think the moon is made of cheese, and you're just convinced of that fact in your mind. Why would it be ridiculous to believe that today? Well, because people have been there, <laughs> and they've come back, and they've brought bits of the moon with them. And it is not Stilton, it is not Wensleydale, it is moon, whatever moon, it's, it's rock. You, we saw it in the Science Museum in the summer, you can see it 
You know, granted, I didn't ask them to take the glass away so I could taste it. I didn't take my crackers, but it didn't look like cheese, okay, because they've been there and come back. Our guessing about death is over. Even if we might think, oh, I don't think there's anything there. You can't say that if Jesus rose again. He has said, he has been there, he has come back. It shows that there is more to life, there is life after death. This world isn't all there is. So do you see, the resurrection totally uh, gives us a different way of looking at the world, a different paradigm, a different way of thinking. There is more to this life than what we see because Jesus rose again. There is life after death because Jesus rose again. As we read in Revelation uh, last month in our reading the Bible together, Jesus said, I have the keys of death and Hades. And he un unlocked death. And the chains are now gone. The door is now open. And he says, trust in me and I can help you. It conquers our biggest fear, the resurrection. Perhaps death is something you try and ignore. You try and push to aside. Well, Jesus wonderfully can help us in our fear. If you're scared to think about it, where do you turn? You turn to him. If you're a Christian this morning, maybe you've slipped into fear and death. Maybe uh, the loss of a loved one has really uh, knocked you and it hurts. Let's remember that one day we will see those who trust in Jesus again. That there is hope there. And that we're following Jesus and he has been to the darkest place and he's come back. So trust in him. He is the one who has broken the power of death and Satan. And so he deals with our biggest fear. So the resurrection answers an important question, deals with a deep problem, conquers our deepest fear, and the last one is this, it meets a crucial need. Now I just want to jumply, jumply, jump briefly, it's a new word, jumply, into um, a couple of passages outside of 1 Corinthians to make this point. In Ephesians 1 and Romans 8, they touch on this truth when it connects the resurrection with our daily lives. And summed up, it's this, because of the resurrection, you're not on your own. Because of the resurrection, you're not on your own. As you face life, you can know the presence of the risen Jesus with you every day. As you face the struggles and the trials of life, you can know Jesus with you. Because he's not in the grave, he is alive. And by his spirit, he draws close to us. So when Jesus says at the end of the Gospels, behold, I am with you always, which we'll look at next week with the ascension, the reason he can say that is because he's not still in the tomb. How many of us, when we think of our favorite verses, are some kind of version of, I'm with you always. I'll be with you in the dark times. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You know, that is, how many of our verses, our favorite passages, are ultimately boiled down to this, I'm with you. The reason we can have that promise and hold to that is because Jesus rose again and his, his resurrection makes it possible. Do you realize that you're not on your own? It sounds very simple, but maybe you need to hear that this morning because you've forgotten it. As you face your trials, as you face your fears and worries, Jesus is with you. As you face your disappointments and heartbreak, as you face all of those things, Jesus is with you. Not only that, but because Jesus rose again, those passages in Ephesians 1 and Romans 8 tell us this, 
the power of the resurrection, that the power that rose Jesus from the dead is now with us and for us. The Holy Spirit is there to equip us, as we're going to look at in a few weeks again, he is there to help us and strengthen us and give us the power every day to live. Christian, today, you have a power within you working, the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you feel weak and helpless? Join the club. But we've got a glorious saviour who wants to help us and strengthen us in a supernatural way every day. Nothing is impossible for him. As Paul puts it, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're not on our own. Jesus' resurrection makes it possible for you to keep going when you feel like you want to give up. So what does that mean for us? Maybe you're feeling daunted by something at the moment and you just can't seem to face it. Listen to these words this morning again. Jesus says, you're not on your own. I'm alive. I'm here. I'm with you. Not only that, but the power of the Holy Spirit is at work in you, that same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Maybe you're nervous to stand up for the gospel, to stand up for Jesus. Jesus is with you. The power of the resurrection is at work within you. We can't do it alone, but we can do it with him. Maybe you're feeling defeated this morning by sin or doubts or failure. Christ gives us the power that is greater than sin, greater than temptation, and he says, trust in me. My power is at work within you. Maybe you're feeling, again, like I said, weak and helpless and think, I can't go on. Jesus comes alongside you this morning and says, I am alive, I am with you, don't fear. All possible because of the resurrection. There is no situation too dark, there is no heart too hard, there is no wandering too far for this death-beating, sin-crushing, Satan-destroying saviour that we have. Trust in him, look to him, don't give up. He is for you and with you. If you're a Christian this morning, maybe you've been putting, uh, not a Christian this morning, maybe you've been putting this off, putting Christianity off. Think, I can't keep this up. You know, I, I just, I, there's no way I could become a Christian because I, I'd fail so quickly and I, I wouldn't be able to keep it up. Well, again, join the club. That is not the point. It's not about keeping up. It is about trusting in and giving over to. And so you're not left alone. If you turn to Jesus, it is not just there you go, now you're off to try and live the best life that you can for him. No, no, he says, I'm with you every step of the way. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He promises to be there with us. So don't think this is you against the world, as it were, but it is Christ, the one who's overcome the world with you, helping you, strengthening you through his spirit. So do you see the resurrection? And again, we've scratched the surface. It is crucial. It answers an important question. Who is Jesus? He is declared to be the Son of God, the one he said he was. It deals with our deep problem. Our sins are forgiven because Jesus walked out of that grave and paid the price. It conquers our biggest fear. Death is defeated. And it meets our crucial need, his resurrection power, his presence with us and his power working through us. If you're an unbeliever, try that on. How does it feel? Don't you want it to be true? 
even if you don't believe it don't you want that to be true well the glorious news is it is true and you can trust in him today believer jesus is alive and we can say together let's rejoice amen hallelujah he is alive so bring your fears your doubts your pains your questions all to the open grave this morning to that empty grave and jesus says i'm alive i'm with you forevermore let's pray together before we sing our last hymn Lord, it feels like we are um, thinking about things that are so glorious and wonderful that we just can't grasp uh, these wonderful truths. Help us, Lord, please, to grasp something this morning that will change our hearts, turn our lives upside down, and help us to live in a glorious way for your glory. And Lord, if there's anyone yet who hasn't trusted, please today save them and rescue them. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.